has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News & World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. Pain often leads to restricted movements, changes in posture, and ultimately, a more sedentary life. And a sedentary life leads to weight gain and deconditioning. When you do move, it now hurts even more. Think about osteoarthritis. It often restricts movement of the spine, knee joints, or hip joints. Think about neuropathic pain from diabetes called diabetic peripheral neuropathy and how it can make your feet burn, cause balance problems, and just make you want to sit down as much as possible. Needless to say, it's not easy to exercise when you're in pain. Yet, exercise offers much more pain relief than you might imagine, especially one that emphasizes functional training. Our guest today is Gunnar Peterson. He's a trainer for professional athletes and celebrities like Jennifer Lopez and Sylvester Stallone. Gunnar's approach is diverse and focuses on function. He's developed exercises that help us perform daily activities more easily and with fewer injuries. That's critical for those living in pain. He not only builds beautiful Hollywood bodies, but tailors fitness programs for everyday people. We'll find out just how he does it. Aches and Gains is supported by St. Jude Medical, Pernix Therapeutics, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Bioness, The Pain Community, Boston Scientific, and Nuvectra. For cutting-edge treatments and ways to manage pain, please sign up for weekly emails at paulchristomd.com. Gunnar Peterson is a certified personal trainer and certified strength and conditioning specialist. He's trained professional athletes from the NBA, NFL, and many more. Many film and television celebrities have also sought Gunnar's guidance. Gunnar, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thanks for having me. You have a remarkable 9.5% body fat today, but you didn't just start out that healthy. What was your weight like as a kid? Ah, well, I definitely wasn't obese, and I've had people approach me and ask me about that, but I was fat. I mean, I had, you know, the little boobs and the rolls and the the whole thing, but it's also, it wasn't a, initially I, I would blame, you know, like, as a kid, why am I like this? Oh, I wish I were different. Right. But in retrospect, it was my diet. I, I ate poorly. I was more, I was as active or more active than any kid going, but I just ate poorly. I mean, from from sweets and portions and just everything too much and and all bad. And I'm pretty sure the timing was off too. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not like it was. Uh, it's not like I was uh, dealt a bad hand. It was how I played the hand. Gunner, how did you then redirect your mindset? toward health and fitness. My mom offered me to, to go to Weight Watchers when I was 10. I was complaining about my body, and I, 
she said, sweetie, do you want to do something about it or do you, you want to sit there and complain? <laughs> and, you know, my inner voice was like, I want to sit there and complain. <laughs> right. But uh, I said, I want to do something. So she took me to Weight Watchers. And, and as quickly as I started uh, losing and learning a little bit, um, I started, you know, sneak eating, cheating, having a ice cream sandwich at school. And so mm-hmm. the, 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 the loss tapered off, but I still at least, was aware of certain things, you know, mustard yep. over mayonnaise kind of thing, a little something I didn't know as a 10-year-old. And then later I, I started learning about exercise, and I was drawn to, um, like a lot of kids my age, I was uh, mesmerized, enamored with, uh, you know, tough guys, muscle guys on on mostly movies because I grew up at a boarding school in Europe, but mm-hmm. so we didn't see a lot of TV. But, you know, you saw the, the heroes, and I go, I want to be like that. And you know, you, you find your way into a weight room here or there. You you know, you do push-ups and sit-ups and stuff in your room. Mm-hmm. And I was drawn to that. And the more I learned, um, the, the the more I clearly saw my path. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of movies and celebrities, you've had Jennifer Lopez and Sylvester Stallone as clients. How hard do they actually train to look that good? Geographically, I'm in a place... That, that is desirable to those people. So when I get trainers to say, I want to do what you do, well, if you want to train celebrities, first of all, you have to, to pull back and go, why do you want that? Is it because you want to rub shoulders with them? Is it because you want to have stories to tell your friends? Is it because you're trying to sell a script or be a singer in a backup band? Or, or is it because you have a, um, a message on a, on a platform in fitness and you need a place to launch it and you know by associating yourself with those people, that will give you a mouthpiece? You just have to think about that first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you go to actually being with those people, you, you have to step back and go, you know, they're just people. They're bipeds. It's a torso, four limbs, a head, <laughs> right. works in three planes of motion, you know. And, and then you realize that the, the high, I've noticed the higher up they are on the food chain, the harder they work, the more consistent they are, the more, um, the less likely they are to be late. Mm-hmm. And I see that, it, it, you know, is it a surprise? No, initially maybe I thought, wow, that's great that that person at that level after this many years still pushes like that. But then I thought, then, then you look at it and you go, oh no, that's why they are that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Now, your first book, G-Force, outlines what you call the four F words, <laughs> function, foundation, freedom, and focus. Now, let's talk about the first word, function. Your entire fitness program emphasizes functional training. Tell us what that's all about. Functional training, it's funny. It's become, uh, over the years since that term's been been uh, accepted more by the mainstream, it's almost become a synonym for um, crazy balance exercises. Hmm. And and I don't think that necessarily has to be the case. You have to go, what is the function? You know, the, what a basketball player does, the function for, for a basketball player is different than that of uh, a new mom. Right. But her function is also, uh, you know, medicine ball chops, maybe just different from the basketball player because she is taking that kid from the car seat down to the stroller mm-hmm. or from the stroller uh, up to the car seat. So you have to think about what they do in real life. And, and what we try to do in this gym with the training is obviously there's the aesthetic part, and people don't like to talk about that because it seems shallow and narcissistic, but at right. the end of the day, we're a visual society, and mm-hmm. you are motivated by you know, a good-looking, you know, air quotes, sexy body. Uh, so that is part of it. We don't shy away from that. We don't say, no, 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 it's not that. It's all for function. It's all for wellness. It's all for health because that's, that's bad marketing. <laughs> so that's uh-huh. part of it. The other part is 
everything we do in here has to make everything they do outside of here easier or better. And that's where the function comes in. Now, historically, uh, functional training has origins in rehabilitation. Physical therapists and occupational therapists, for example, often use it to retrain patients with movement disorders. And the goal is functional independence. And, And my understanding is that they use exercises that mimic activities at home or work, which can be a part of the treatment program to help them return to their lives or to work after an injury or surgery. Now, in your case, Gunnar, it seems like you're focusing on modifying or developing exercises that allow people to perform activities of daily living more easily and without injuries. Well, without injuries, is, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's a great goal. Mm-hmm. Really, you're putting them in a place to be injured less often or if they do become injured to, um, to be able to recover from it faster and to be able to train around the injury versus through the injury, which is rarely a good idea. Now, that's a great point, training around the injury rather than through it. What kind of unique equipment is used in functional training that we typically wouldn't see in an ordinary gym? We use anything and everything inside the gym. Uh, we have you know, bags and balls filled with water, filled with sand. We have ropes. We have big, thick, elastic uh, cords uh, that are sealed in a, in a sleeve that are like a rope, but they're dynamic because as you bang them to the ground, there's a, a pull and a push on them. Mm-hmm. Um, we have different width grip pull-up bars, uh, handles on, on different pieces of equipment where the where the grip is varied, so there's a proprioceptive difference to it. Um, we have sleds with different grips, which allow us to target the body different and, and allow you to, to do, you know, what would be considered strength work, but then getting a cardiovascular uh, component out of it, depending on the, the duration. Mm-hmm. Um, we have things with air resistance, um, so you can train ballistically without any recoil. There, I mean, if it's out there, I seek, I seek it out, and when I find it, I zero in and I find a way to acquire it. That's what makes you different. Straight ahead, we'll find out what makes Gunner's method so innovative. Don't go away. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Teva, a leading global pharmaceutical company committed to increasing access to high-quality health care by developing, producing, and marketing affordable generic medicines, as well as innovative and specialty pharmaceuticals. Bioness, a leading provider of solution-driven medical devices and rehabilitation technologies that provide functional and therapeutic benefits for individuals affected by pain and central nervous system disorders. For cutting-edge treatments and resources, follow Dr. Paul Christo on Twitter at Dr. Paul Christo and like Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo on Facebook. Welcome back. We're here with Gunnar Peterson. He's a trainer for professional athletes, celebrities, and people like you and me. Gunnar, tell us about those innovative training methods. Oh, everything from uh, how we sequence the movements um, to different rep schemes to um, different intensities mixed throughout the workout. So it's not just build, 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 finish strong. It might be started a certain way, then spike it up. So sort of a sprint, um, sort of a sprint approach, but maybe that within a strength protocol. So it could be do the sled and then do a set of tuck jumps. So there's the, there's the ballistic, your heart rate goes through the roof. 
your 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 overall body you're you're working multi joints so your overall fatigue is enhanced but then you can go right from that into something on the floor you could go into a plank for example so it's a combination approach strength training and cardiovascular training now gunner is it uh functional training that really has led to your success as a trainer to the stars and professional athletes I think it's the fact that I have great parking. <laughs> yeah, you have parking, you can make it work. You know, I could be selling pillows out of here and people will be like, get the pillow from that guy. I do homework in, in air quotes again. That's big. I think I've hit my air quote quota for the day. Um, uh, every night I write a different workout for every person every day. Mm-hmm. And it's based on the goals that they have, the goals that I have for them, what they've done before and what they're going into uh, next. So if somebody has a six-hour dance rehearsal, I'm probably not going to smoke their legs and cardiovascular system, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I write that up. So is that functional? Yeah, it's functional to that person. Uh, I think it's the individualization and the customization of the workouts, and every person in here knows that they're going to get something that was written up specifically for them. Okay. Now, People read that you're a Beverly Hills personal trainer to celebrities and high-profile athletes. What about everyday, ordinary people? Aren't they the same? Out here they are. Those, those are the everyday, ordinary people. Um, <laughs> I think it's funny. Everybody, everybody is ordinary, but at the same time, everybody's a celebrity in their own mind. People say, well, I don't train celebrities. You know, there are none where I am here in, you know, Metairie, Louisiana. And you go, sure there are. The guy who owns the car dealerships, he's a celebrity. The guy who owns a chain of restaurants, he's a celebrity. The 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 bank guy, the, you know, the, the the lady, the the high financial guy, or the the mom who is the, the the mother of the two star athletes on the high school football team. Mm-hmm. You know, those are just it's just people who are known throughout the community. So if you want to train those people because you think they're influencers and they will help expand your client base, that's a, that's a decent goal. If you want to train them because you think you're going to charge them more, uh, you flag on the play. That's not, you can't do it like that. Uh, we charge everybody the same, and, and you know we, we work with anybody. It's really a matter of when anybody reaches out to us, I say if they can be flexible with their schedule in the beginning, I'll make it work. But you can't ask me to, to boot somebody who's been here for 12 years just because you want Monday at 9. <laughs> exactly. Now, what I mean, though, Gunner, is that is your program accessible to everyday people? I mean, because you're training such high-profile uh, professional athletes and celebrities. Yes, of course it is. And, and you know, the ordinary person, everybody's, everybody's extraordinary. Everybody is somebody in their own mind, in their own family. You know, you have to realize where they're coming from. And if they're reaching out for a service like this, then they're in a position to... to to get that service. Mm-hmm. They should have this. And right. if, it's, if it's not me, it's going to be the guy with me. And if that guy can't take them, then maybe I can. And we, we just find a way to make it work. Okay. Now, you've developed a series of DVDs called Core Secrets, and they target the body's core. Uh, by the way, the body's core consists of muscles like the abdominal muscles, uh, even the diaphragm, the pelvic muscles, and the glutes, for example. Why strengthen that part of the body, though? It's such a buzzword in fitness and has been for a while. Um, a lot of people think it's just your abs, but it's not. It wraps all the way around that it can be mid-thigh all the way up to, you know, uh, your sternum, depending mm-hmm. on how you look at it, your definition of it. Yeah. Um, you need it for balance. Your core fires before any other muscle action. So if you go to throw a ball, your core fires 
to stabilize your body in order to to create the torque when you make that throw. When you go to kick a ball, same thing. When you go to lift your kid up, same thing. When you go to take your bag out of the overhead bin, core fires first, everything else fires. So it's fair to say it's getting worked as much or more than any other muscle group of the body. It has to be strong. It has to be strong in all three planes of motion. It has to be strong at origin, at insertion. It has to be strong um, you know, anterior and posteriorly. You have to work it in a comprehensive way yeah. versus just crunches. I have nothing against crunches. We do them here, mm-hmm. but there's so much more than that. You know, there, there is life beyond the crunch. <laughs> now, when I work out, honestly, I get bored. I use the same weights and do the same cardiovascular workout. What can I do to improvise to keep the workout more exciting and effective? I would say to plan it. And, you know, when do I have time? I don't know. You have five minutes when you're sitting on a subway, when you're in a taxi, when you're you know, after dinner, sit for five minutes and write out what you're going to do in the gym that day. And don't don't deviate from it the next morning. You go, oh, my God, I don't feel like loading that <laughs> bar. Yes, load the bar. You mm-hmm. planned it. Um, and and yeah, it's funny. I just had this conversation with my son who's going to school today, and he had some anxiety. Mm-hmm. And he said, Dad, I don't know why I feel like this. I've done all the work. I've written the essay. I read the book. I wrote the essay. I don't know why I have this anxiety. I said, well, because you want to perform at a high level. I get that. I have the same. I've been doing this over 27 years. I have the same anxiety before certain clients, and they're not even just big-time athletes or big-time celebrities. Before certain people, there's a certain anxiety because I know their expectation is high. All I do is exhale. I look at the paper that I printed up from the workout that I wrote the night before, and I trust in the process, and, and I follow it to a T. It's a template. Obviously, if something's hurting them, I'm not going to say, you got to do it. It's written down. <laughs> right. But I am going to say, you know, how can we work around it versus just eliminate it? And if you trust that process, you will find that your body does different things, can do different things. And when it can't, you get better by finding a way to get through it. And that's the same with your workout. Write it down and knock it out. Good points. How do you work out when you're hurting? We'll ask Gunner after the break. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Boston Scientific, a leader in microelectric implantable technologies used to treat chronic neuropathic pain. The Pain Community, a web-based nonprofit created by people living with pain. Check out paincommunity.org for information, references, advocacy tools, and a premium section to securely interact with other members in forums and chat rooms. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Welcome back. Gunnar, it seems like you're able to build each client's workout even when they're hurting. How would you tailor a functional training program for a client then with chronic low back pain? You know, I had a major back operation a number of years ago. Oh. Oh, yeah. Dr. Robert Bray uh, did my back and... He opened me up in the back and performed two foramenotomy, took the took the vertebrae that was broken. Uh, I had a spondy, pulled it up, he put a plate, four screws, flipped me over, opened me up from the front, put a cage, some marrow from my hip, and another screw. I mean, wow. it's a big deal. Yeah. So when I hear people have back pain, not that I laugh and go, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you about back pain. <laughs> I understand it, and it's, it's, it's as real as you feel it. Mm-hmm. So um, I would... Tell them to check it out and make sure it's not something more grave than uh, just a strain. Right. Um, and I would have them in the gym, because that's my world, I would have them do things that strengthen it in those different planes of motion, 
before mentioned, and I would have them uh, do it against resistance. I would have them do deadlifts and hyperextensions and and things that go at that area to strengthen the muscles, the erector spine of the lower back. Mm -hmm. Now, in addition to what you mentioned, what else would you have your clients do? I mean, for example, uh, see a pain specialist or go to an acupuncturist for further pain relief. I would also have them seek out different um, pain management protocols, whether it's through an osteopath, through a chiropractor, through uh, an acupuncturist. I would have them do you know, be very, be proactive in it mm-hmm. as opposed to going, well, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. Okay, maybe you may need a new mattress. You may need to sleep differently. Um, you may need to find a way to reduce it. It could be stress-related, not that you're making it up, but that's very real. Um, and, and I would treat them that way. And if they're overweight, the first thing I do is let's get some weight off you and then we'll see how much it hurts. Mm-hmm, exactly. Now let's delve into back pain a bit. I mean, the costs are astronomical, up to $200 billion a year. Patients turn to pharmaceuticals, and I've certainly seen success with certain types of injections, medications, and physical therapy, but many of my patients hurt more when they move, so they stop moving, and certainly stop exercising. On the other hand, the less you exercise, the more deconditioned you become, and then when you do move, it hurts even more. How do you get your clients beyond that? Some you don't. They're just locked into that. I have one person who said that uh, his back hurt because of a movement with the kettlebell, and he goes, I just can't do kettlebells. My doctor told me that. I said, how could your doctor tell you not to use kettlebells? And that's honestly, it's unbelievable to me that the kettlebell becomes the criminal. <laughs> how does your body know the difference between a kettlebell, a dumbbell, a water bag, a medicine ball, a cable? It doesn't know that. Are you telling me that the swinging motion is what did it? Well, then let's reel in the motion. Let's vary the weight, but let's not rule out you're not allowed to make contact with a kettlebell. You can't have a restraining order on a kettlebell. That's cra- To me, that's crazy. <laughs> well, and for our listeners who may not know, what is a kettlebell? A kettlebell looks like a cannonball with a handle, and it's a centuries-old Russian strength training tool. The weight, depending on where you're holding the handle, if you're saying doing an overhead press, the weight is either can either be forward of your arm or behind the arm versus on a dumbbell where it's evenly balanced to the side. What would you do for that low back pain then? You got to walk them through it and they have to, they do have to trust you. Sometimes I keep my x-rays, that's funny, so that I keep my post-op x-rays here uh-huh. and I hold them up and they see the plate and the screws and they go, oh my God, that's unbelievable. I go, that's my back. <laughs> and they, they, so then now there's a trust and not that everybody has that as a go-to, but that that's now now we have trust mm-hmm. ah so you've been here yes well maybe not exactly where you are and yours may be more severe mine was a dull slow ache maybe yours is more acute fine and, and you bridge the, the you bridge the trust gap and then you ease into the motions you don't go right into you know big weight barbell deadlifts mm-hmm. but you do show them that you're going to do a deadlift when you pick your kid up you're going to do a deadlift when you grab your suitcase. So you might as well train for it here. You're going to do an uneven loaded lift mm-hmm. where the lift is not going to be perfectly centered. So let's do a rotating deadlift with a kettlebell. There are people that physically step back when you say that. Yeah. And you go, but look, think about how you took that suitcase when you were checking in at the airport. A lady said, can you put your bag up on the scale, please? Mm-hmm. You turned, you lifted the bag, you rotated, and you dropped it down. That's a rotating deadlift. You just did it. Mm-hmm. And that's a real-world example. Now, Gunnar, there are several research articles on how exercise can prevent pain, especially low back pain. Have you seen clients of yours actually report less low back pain with exercise? 100%. Almost, in fact, almost across the board. 
except for the one guy. Really? I mean, that's a powerful statement. I stand by it. Well, I think a lot of people believe that they can't get beyond the fear related to pain with movement. Yeah, but then you're, you're, you're perpetuating the problem, if not accelerating the problem. And the lack of movement, as a, uh, maybe not across the board, but usually results in added weight, which usually results in more intense pain. That's exactly right. Gunnar, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time, and I hope people get something out of this. Me too. Please join us for part two, when we tackle how exercise can reduce obesity-related pain, osteoarthritis, and fibromyalgia. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.